alatobila na mangle de boroko to sekele de brina katolo de baya le gazoklo de brina katolo de bombro gadaso kolodo brina katile de bereketesketele de brina kataya nagange le gabajoklo de brina katolo de baba la batome kelia nangle de boroko to sketele de brina katolo de boroko to sekele de brina katolo de baya nangle de bazoklo de bro father we praise and bless the name of jesus we bless and praise you this morning and we thank you for salvation we thank you for redemption we thank you for reconciliation we thank you for the forgiveness of sins we thank you that we're accepted in the beloved we thank you for all you did on our behalf we rejoice that this morning we are partakers of your life we are partakers of your divine nature we are partakers of your grace we are partakers of your faithfulness we are partakers of your authority we are called by your name and we rejoice that by virtue of what you have done this morning we have access into this grace wherein we stand we stand in the grace of god and we rejoice that this morning the eyes of your people's understanding flooded with light clarity comes by the teaching of your word veils fall off and we decree that your people are built up equipped and edified we take authority over sickness and disease and every oppression of the enemy it is terminated in the name of jesus and we decree that by the end of this service today we'll all be the better for it and jesus will be glorified thank you for the blessing that is upon this house and upon everyone connected around the world in jesus precious name and every believer says a powerful amen lift your right hands to heaven let's release our faith together as you say these words i am born of god i am born of the world the word of god is my nature i do not struggle to do the word i do the word naturally therefore today i will understand the word of his grace i will be built up by the end of this service i will never be the same never ever be the same again in jesus name and every believer says a powerful amen we want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all of you that are connected in the house centers and campuses all over the world. It's a joy to come into fellowship with you this morning in the light of his word. And you know, when we walk in the light, we have everything, clarity, and we do not have an occasion of stumbling. So it's going to be an exciting time of adventuring in the word of his grace. Invite a friend, invite a brother, invite anybody around you to hook up this morning and those of you on social media help us you know mobilize more people to connect to the grace and to the word of his grace that will build them up and give them an inheritance among the sanctified it's a joy again to have everybody in the building this morning hallelujah grab a pen a notebook and your bible and you can be seated with your sweet smart self this morning <clears throat> glory to god forevermore Alright, so we've been examining the legal and the vital walk of redemption or salvation. The legal and the vital walk of salvation. This is still 30 days of glory 2020. Examining the legal and the vital walk of salvation. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Give me the next verse. 
Next verse. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. Verse 6. Take it up to verse 10. But in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? For it became him for whom, no, go, go back, go back, continue consistently to verse 10. Thou madest, thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and this set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now... We see not yet all things put under this man, but we see Jesus. Hallelujah. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Next verse. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Next verse. Both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. That is what the salvation that came by Jesus has provided. That now we are sanctified and we are brethren. That's why he says, so if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape that if we neglect so great salvation? Then he shows you what salvation has brought to us. It has brought us to a place where we are now Jesus' brethren, where we are sanctified, and where we can function full capacity in our identity in Christ Jesus. What a blessing, and what a joy to be saved by Christ himself. What a joy to be found in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Alright, so we've been examining the legal and the vital work of salvation, and we have looked at quite a number of things and details that has to do with what happened from the cross to the throne, and we've been dealing with all of those realities which is purely revelation knowledge all right now <clears throat> the book of galatians chapter 2 verse 20 pay attention galatians chapter 2 verse number 20 brother paul writes to the church at galatia and he said i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but christ liveth in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me who loved me and gave himself for me. So brother Paul now begins to deal with certain realities in the epistles. We have seen that when Jesus went to the cross, he was fulfilling the scriptures concerning himself. Yesterday we took time to deal with all of that. Now the question is, how did Jesus go to the cross? Because he spoke words concerning the Christ. That Christ will suffer and that out of his suffering, glory will follow. That was the revelation of the law and the prophets. All the prophets of the Old Testament, that was the only accurate statement that they made in their prophecies and in their writings concerning the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. That is the light that shone in the darkness from Genesis to Malachi. The only light that traveled through the scriptures was that the Christ will suffer and out of his suffering, glory will follow. That light kept shining and shining through the entire darkness within the scriptures until it arrived into the gospels where the word took up flesh 
and walked among us. And we beheld the glory of this God who became a man and walked among us according to the fulfillment of the prophecy that was spoken from Genesis to Malachi concerning him. So everything is as it is written. Everything is according to what was written. So now when we enter the epistles, brother Paul now begins to say we have been crucified. He begins to deal with the language of identification. We have been crucified with Christ. That's the language of identification. And that brings you from the legality of salvation to the vitality of salvation. What makes salvation vital is how it brings us in to what Jesus legally obtained on our behalf. So that's why we're dealing with both the legal and the vital aspects of salvation. Now, so the question is, on what basis are you saved? On what basis are you saved? There is a legal ground for your salvation. And brother Paul established it. A legal ground for your salvation. At what point did Jesus identify with us? He identified with us firstly in the incarnation. He identified with us firstly in the incarnation. He was made sin for us. He was made a cause for us. So because of that, he went to hell. Now what is hell? Hell is a result of being spiritually dead. Hell is a result of being spiritually dead. Hell is not where you are spiritually dead. Hell is where spiritually dead people go. So hell is as the result of being spiritually dead. In Romans chapter 10, we have seen that Jesus was raised from the dead by speaking the scriptures. He was raised from the dead by speaking the scriptures concerning himself. He too had to speak the scriptures. We established yesterday that Jesus grew up learning. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor. So he grew. And we also saw that Jesus was always found among the doctors of the law, learning and asking questions. So he didn't come with intuitive knowledge. He had to learn. He had to search the scriptures and look for himself in the scriptures. And as he kept searching and looking, he arrived at a revelation of who he was. It was on that premise that Jesus began ministry. When he has discovered who he really was, and now he understood his assignment, he understood what he was here to do, he had understood what he was here to accomplish. And somebody said, but you say Jesus is God. Yes, in his humanity, he had to learn everything like all of us learned. That's what gives his humanity legality. He was a full human being, grew like every child, learned like every child, felt pain like every human being, was tempted in all points because he was a full human being. And that's what gives legality to the work of salvation. So now, in other words, Jesus agreed with the scriptures concerning himself. Look at Romans chapter 10 verse 4. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone that believe. He's the end of the law. For righteousness to everyone that believe. Now let's be very intelligent here. Please pay attention. Let's be very intelligent here. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 of Romans chapter 10. For Moses described it. The righteousness which is of the law. That the man which doeth those things shall live by them that the man which doeth those things shall live by them so there are two things 
There are two things. The man which doeth those things shall live by them. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. He is the end of doing those things for righteousness. But the man that rejects what Christ has done will have to do the things and live by them. Now look at verse 6 of Romans chapter 10. Verse, verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. On this wise Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Next verse. Or who shall descend into the deep. That is... To bring up Christ again from the dead. Two things. Number one, who shall ascend to heaven? Number two, or who shall come down? He said, don't say it. He didn't say Christ will not come down. He didn't say Christ will not be raised. But he said, don't say who will do it. Don't say who will do it. Don't say how will he rise from the dead. Don't say how will he come down from heaven. Don't say that. Now that doesn't mean he won't come. And that doesn't mean he will rise from the dead. But it's not going to be a function of your prayer. And it's not going to be a function of your inquiry. And you're going to see why he says you shouldn't say that. But what does he say? The word is nigh thee in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So do you know that there were no epistles when brother Paul was writing these statements? There were no epistles, all right? He, so he must have quoted these statements from the scriptures, which is the Old Testament. So now he said, because the word that brought Christ down and the word that raised Christ from the dead is nigh you. You didn't see that. The word that brought Christ down. And the word that raised Christ from the dead is near you. The word is nigh thee. So you don't need to say who shall and who shall not. Because there is the word that is nigh you. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. So it's not about who will do it. There is already the word that will do it. And that same word is near you. That same word is in your heart and in your mouth. If thou shalt confess, give me Romans chapter 10 verse 9 now. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Next verse. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Alright? So now, we study in the same legitimate legal grounds that's what we're studying the same legitimate legal grounds that gives us a stand so in our study of the legitimate legal grounds of what jesus did it gives us a legitimate and legal stand to be raised from spiritual death to be raised from spiritual death we have a legal and legitimate ground we too to be raised from spiritual death. Why? The word that raised Jesus from the dead. And the word that brought him down into incarnation. Is nigh thee in your heart and in your mouth. The same word. The same word. 
So the same effect that the word had on him, it will have on anybody who will believe it. The same effect. The same effect. How did Jesus rise from the dead? It was not a function of asking questions. There was a word that traveled from Genesis to Malachi as the light that shone in the dark. And that word traveled and traveled. And that word became flesh. That word became flesh and dwelt among us. That same word, that same word crucified Christ. That same word buried him. That same word raised him from the dead. And that same word is nigh thee in your heart and in your mouth. Are you still in the building? All right. So that word, that word, that word gives legitimacy and that word gives legality that, that we also can be raised from the dead into spiritual life. The same words. In this instance, we speak it by identification. We speak those words by identification. Remember, we're dealing with what is the basis for your salvation. We speak those words by identification. You know, and Jesus is the Christ who came to us and spoke words concerning himself he spoke words concerning himself and the question is where did he speak those words concerning himself he spoke those words on the cross my god my god why hast thou forsaken me into your hands i commit my spirit he gave up the ghost and he went into the grave. And in the grave, the Holy Ghost didn't travel there to go and raise him up. He went to the grave with the word. The same word that became flesh. The same word he spoke on the cross. He carried those same words with him into the grave. And those same words raised him from the dead. And those words annihil you in your heart and in your mouth. Are you in the building? Alright, now. This is very important because we're establishing on what premise did Jesus rise from the dead. We are recipients of what he has done. We speak the same words to be born again. We speak the same words to be born again. And we stand on the same legitimate grounds. It's not a creation of anybody that when a man says Jesus, he is saved. It's not a creation of anybody. It's just the reality and the legality of salvation. When a man says Jesus is Lord, he is saved. When a man stands and says God raised Jesus from the dead, he is saved. Why? Because that's what the scripture says. That's what the scripture says. So how does a man get saved? A man gets saved by that word. A man gets saved by that word. What word? The word of Christ in the scriptures. A man gets saved by that message. What message? The word of Christ in the scriptures. Please, very important. Not just the word of Christ. The word of Christ in the scriptures. So then, faith comment. By hearing and hearing the word of Christ. The word of Christ. Where is that word of Christ? In the scriptures. 
the word of Christ in the scriptures. So on the same legitimate grounds, we are raised from spiritual death on the same legitimate grounds. We also are raised from spiritual death. The resurrection of Jesus was primarily from spiritual death. Don't forget, it is spiritual death that gave rise to physical death. If man never died spiritually, he would have never died physically. Alright? So, it will mean therefore that once a man is raised from spiritual death, it is automatic that that man will be raised from physical death. I don't know if I'm communicating at all. Because it is first spiritual death before physical death. Please pay attention. Spiritual death before physical death. So, he spoke concerning himself by, but concerning himself he did on our behalf. Jesus spoke concerning himself, but concerning himself he did on our behalf. So we speak it, our own confession, we speak it by identification. We believe and speak. He, he doesn't believe to speak. Jesus did not have to believe to speak. Jesus knew it. And because he knew it, it happened. But we have to believe it. We have to believe what Jesus knew. And we have to speak it for it to take effect on us. Don't forget, he died spiritually because we were dead spiritually. Identification. He died spiritually because we were dead spiritually. The word of God raised him up. We speak those same words, we are also raised up. That's what gives legitimacy to our salvation. So the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith which we preach. Now, how was Jesus raised? He was raised from the dead by the same word of faith. The same word of faith which was spoken by the prophets. He was raised from the dead by the same word of faith which was spoken by the prophets. That's how Jesus was raised from the dead. By the same word of faith which was spoken by the prophets. Please pay attention. When God said it, it did not require power. When God spoke those words, they did not require power. Please pay attention. So, the word of faith is a self-guaranteeing, self-fulfilling word of God. In the word spoken by the prophets. Self-fulfilling, self-guaranteeing word of God are spoken by the prophets. Why? Because when God said it, it did not require power. When God spoke those words, they did not require power. It's only a man to know it and say it. It did not require power. There was no power needed but what, by what was said by the prophets. The words of the prophets did not require power to help them. That is what we mean by God raised Jesus from the dead. That is what we mean by God raised Jesus from the dead. He didn't raise him from the dead by entering into hell. 
God didn't need to, to go to hell to go and raise Jesus from the dead. Remember within the week I said, we're going to examine what was the legitimacy or on what grounds did the Holy Ghost raise Jesus from the dead? On what grounds did the Holy Ghost raise Jesus from the dead? The Holy Ghost didn't need to go into the grave to go and meet Jesus in hell to raise him from the dead. No, there was no such thing. There was no such thing. Well, yeah, but the Holy Ghost raised him from the dead. So the question is how? Because the Holy Ghost didn't go to the grave. He didn't go into hell. So the question is, how did the Holy Ghost raise Jesus from the dead? Please pay attention. He raised him from the dead the day those words were spoken. He raised Jesus from the dead the day those words were spoken. As Jesus entered into it, he was raised from the dead. There was no power needed after God had said it. There was no power needed after God had said it. Don't think the Holy Ghost is like this. God spoke. Then the Holy Ghost started running around. Oh yeah, let's go and raise Jesus. Oh yeah, everybody, let's go, let's go. It is time for him to rise from the dead. Mobilize, mobilize, mobilize. We need extra generating power to go and bring him up. No, <laughs> you're thinking like a natural man. That's not what happened. There was no such running around. There was no such mobilization. God spoke. All right? The utterance of God is not void of power. Mm-mm. When the prophet spoke, in their prophecy, those words were pregnant with power. They are self-fulfilling. They are self-guaranteeing. It's not as if God, when it was time to raise Jesus, then God, no, no, no. The words that were spoken from Genesis to Malachi were pregnant with power. That's why when Jesus got on the cross, he spoke those same words. My God, my God, back to Psalm 22. And right from Psalm 22, when the prophet David spoke them, they were pregnant with power to put Jesus on the cross and separate Jesus from the Father because he became seen. Those words, they are not void of power. Those words are not void of power. That's exactly what the angel said to Mary. That no word of God shall be void of power. No word of God shall be void of power. No word of God, if it was spoken, will not happen. So Jesus was raised from the dead by the word. By the word. By the word. By the word. He was raised from the dead by the word. See, the Holy Ghost is not an agency outside the world. The Holy Ghost is not an agency outside the world. He is not an after the word agency. God said it, let there be light. And then the Holy Ghost, you know, began to run into operation and there was light. No. Let there be light, light was. When God spoke, let there be light, in those words was the power to actualize them. Once he speaks it, it's as good as done. Self-fulfilling. Self-guaranteeing word. Glory to God. Self-fulfilling. So, 
Jesus now said, I have come in the volume of the books. I have come in the volume of the books to fulfill your will because it must be fulfilled. Question, why was it spoken in the scriptures? Because God spoke it. God spoke it. Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days, I, I, he didn't say the Holy Ghost will come and raise me up. In three days, I will raise it up. Why will he raise it up? The word of the resurrection carries resurrection power in a personality. So when you destroy this temple, on the third day, I have what to say. And when I say it, resurrection will occur. That's why Jesus will say, I lay down my life. I take it up. Because what I will require to take it up, I already have it. Are we in the building? Yeah. I already have it. I'm not going to look for it. I'm not going to pray for it. I'm not going to fast for it. I'm not going to beg for it. I'm, no, no, no. It's already with me. The power to raise it up. Now, please stay with me. So, how did Jesus say it? He said those words by the Spirit. So, that is how he was raised by the Spirit of God. Because those words were inspired by the Holy Ghost. So, the Holy Ghost was in those words. So, when Jesus spoke those words, the Holy Ghost in those words came alive. And resurrection occurred. So that's why the Bible says the Holy Ghost raised Jesus. It wasn't like the Holy Ghost came. No, no, no. The Holy Ghost was already in those words. And don't forget, the Holy Ghost is not an agent. The Holy Ghost is God himself. The Holy Ghost is God himself. The Holy Ghost is not an influence. The Holy Ghost is not an emotion. The Holy Ghost is not goose pimples. The Holy Ghost is not a dove. The Holy Ghost is not water. The Holy Ghost is not a bed. The Holy Ghost is God Almighty. The Holy Ghost is not like the, the, you know, the agency that makes what God says happen. The Holy Ghost is God himself. So when he spoke, when God spoke, Within those words was the spirit of life. The spirit of life. Those words were pregnant. Those words were pregnant. And that is how Jesus was raised from the dead by the spirit of God. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Pay attention. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things, all things, by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And sometimes, when, when, when preachers read that scripture, you know, they interpret it in a very funny way. They say, you know, God is upholding the sun, the moon, the stars, the trees, by the word of his power. That's not what he's saying there. <laughs> That's not what he's saying there. He's not talking about God upholding skies and moon. You know, it is the word of God that is keeping the moon from falling down. It is the word of God that is keeping the sword from falling down. No, that's not what he's saying. Upholding all things, all things by the word of his power. 
What things? Verse 1. God, who at sundry times, context now. God, pretext, post-text, context. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. Next verse 2. Hath in these last days spoken, spoken, spoken unto us in his son. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So in verse 1, what was said by the prophets? What the prophets spoke. Verse 2, the fulfillment where Jesus is appointed heir of all things. Alright? Heir of all things. Heir of all things. Which things? Heir of all things that were spoken by the prophets. Jesus is the inheritor. Of all things that the prophets from Genesis to Malachi spoke. He is the inheritor. He is the heir of all those things that were spoken from Genesis to Malachi. The things we have said. Who by himself Jesus. Who by himself Jesus. So Jesus upholds all that the prophets said. He upholds all those things by the word of his power. All that was spoken concerning him. Is it clear? It's not like God is upholding the moon and the stars. No, no, no. He's talking about the prophecies. He's talking about the words, the messianic prophecies. He's talking about the the prophetic words that the Holy Ghost inspired men to speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In the movement of the Holy Ghost upon those holy men was also the power of the Holy Ghost in the utterances. And that power has no expiry date. That power stayed within those words because words are containers. Words are containers. They carry life and they carry death depending on the source of those words. So when those prophets spoke those words concerning the Christ, in those words was a potency to make it happen. So all Jesus needed was to study what the prophet said, take it, put in his mouth, spoke it, and it happened. Are we together here? So that's why he had to grow in wisdom. He had to study. He had to search the scripture and find what was written concerning him because everything he will do on earth was contained in what was spoken from his birth to, in fact, from his birth because we're going to examine that in the next service. From his birth to his growth to his ministry to his crucifixion to his burial to his resurrection to his ascension to his high priestly ministry to him being the firstborn of all of us, including us, we too were part of what the prophet spoke. So all Jesus needed to do was find out all that was said and begin to make it happen by speaking. That's why Jesus kept speaking from when he was born till when he died on the cross, in the grave, he was speaking till he rose and after he rose he kept speaking because no word of God shall be void of power I didn't hear powerful amen he had to speak he had to keep speaking and he was able to do it because it has been said he was able to do it because it has been said so Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Ghost what do we mean by the Holy Ghost 
It means it had been said. Because it's the Holy Ghost that caused the prophets to speak. So what the prophets of old spoke contained the power to make it happen. So throughout the time he was in hell, he was saying it. In hell, Jesus was speaking. And I know somebody said, but Dr. Damina, do dead people speak? Why not? Dead people speak. Oh yes, dead people speak. In the grave, Jesus was still speaking. Somebody said, are you sure? Why not? Jesus himself told us about Lazarus and the rich man. Were they not dead? Were they not buried? But in hell, who was speaking? The rich man. And Father Abraham was answering him. People that are dead still speak. But they don't speak to us that are alive. They speak to themselves. They speak. They still remember. That's why Father Lazarus, I mean the rich man could say, Lazarus was my boy. There's still memory. <laughs> that somebody is dead doesn't mean he's dead. He's not dead. Because people's spirits are eternal. The spirit is eternal. And death means separation from the body. Death doesn't mean the spirit is extinguished. No. Death means the spirit just walked away and left the body. That's death. Separation. That separation is death. But does it mean the spirit is no more active? I, I don't know if I'm communicating at all. Yeah. So dead people speak. They speak. That's why the rich man was talking. And it's Jesus that told us. So Jesus knows what he's talking about. Because nobody has, has been there before. Only he who came from there. And he says, look, this is what happened. And that gives us a, an, you know, a glimpse into what happens to, in the life after, uh, life after death. That dead people still speak. That's why Jesus in the grave was still speaking. But the good thing is that he was speaking the things said concerning himself. From when he was here, he spoke the things concerning himself. He taught the things concerning himself. On the cross, he spoke the things concerning himself. In the grave, he spoke the things concerning himself. And when he woke up, he did 40 days conference speaking the things concerning himself. Are we communicating at all? Yeah. He spoke the things concerning himself. He spoke the things concerning himself. Glory to God. He spoke the things concerning himself. Now, please pay attention. <clears throat> that is why today salvation is the same way it happens. There's consistency. It's not double standards. The same way it happened to Jesus is the same way it happens to us today in salvation. The Bible says, after he had purged our sins by himself, he was exalted to the right hand of God on high. When the man came to Paul, he said, what must I do to be saved? What did Paul answer? Believe. Believe. How do you believe? With the heart, man believeth. So when you tell a man, believe, what you're saying is, your heart must believe this. Man believeth. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. How was Jesus raised from the dead? Peter explains it doctrinally in Acts chapter 2 verse 31. Acts chapter 2 verse 31. He seen this before spake of the resurrection of Christ. That his soul was not left in hell. Neither his flesh did see corruption. Next verse. This same... This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses, or we all are witnesses. 
That, that's what Jesus said. Today, we also speak by identification. We speak by believing. We speak by believing that he did that in our hearts. We speak by believing that he has done that in our hearts. But we stand on the same legitimate grounds on the scriptures by which God has spoken through the prophets and we are saved. The same grounds, the same grounds Jesus stood on by the words of the prophets, we also stand on today and we are saved. You see, with your understanding of scripture and the Holy Ghost, you can lead a man to Christ from the Old Testament. You don't even need the New Testament to get somebody born again. With your understanding of the scriptures by the Holy Ghost, you can lead a man to Christ and get him saved just between Genesis and Malachi. Which is exactly what Philip did to the eunuch. Beginning from the same scripture in Isaiah, he preached Christ to the man till the man got saved. From Isaiah. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 9 to 11. Pay attention. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 to 11. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Identification. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Identification. Identification. The spirit of him that raised Christ dwells in you. He that is just a play of words. You know, brother Paul Sunesis. He just plays around with words. At this point, is he talking about the spirit of God or the spirit of Christ? Anybody? When Paul was saying, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, is he talking about the spirit of God or the spirit of Christ? Huh? Huh? Spirit of Christ. Spirit of God is Old Testament. Spirit of Christ is New Testament. <laughs> Spirit of God is Old Testament. Spirit of Christ is New Testament. Are you following? Yeah. In the epistles, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. John 16. Look at verse 13. John 16, 13. For John 16, 13. Where it said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall speak, that sh what sh shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Next verse. He shall glorify me. He shall glorify me. Talk it. Who is the media? Jesus Christ. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Who is he? 
The spirit of who? Christ. Because everything will be Christ. He shall receive of mine. He will show you. He shall glorify me. He shall glorify me. So, the spirit of God in the Old Testament is the spirit of Christ in the epistles. He is the spirit of Christ in the epistles because in the Old Testament, they saw him as the spirit of God. But when we come to the New Testament, he is the spirit of Christ. So you see there, scriptures are not lifeless. The scriptures are not lifeless. The scriptures were written by the spirit of God. Who is spoken to us in redemption as the spirit of Christ. Let me repeat. In the scriptures, they were written by the spirit of God. Who is spoken to us in redemption as the spirit of Christ. Scriptures written by the spirit of God. Who is spoken to us in redemption as the spirit of Christ. Did you get that? Old Testament written by the spirit of God. Who is spoken to us in redemption as the spirit of Christ. That was how Christ was raised from the dead. And that same spirit of God now dwells in us as the spirit of Christ. Is it that same spirit of God that wrote the scriptures now lives in us as the spirit of Christ. Alright? So how did Jesus come out from the grave? How was his body quickened? It was the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Jesus. When he rose from spiritual death, and enter this body, the body automatically came alive. Remember, when Jesus gave up the ghost, when he gave up the ghost, his spirit left his body. Otherwise, he wouldn't have died. As long as the spirit is in the body, you are alive. This body is only dead. When the spirit, which is the life of the body, exists. So when he died, his spirit left his body. But of course you know, that before his spirit left his body, there were three hours of darkness. Sixth hour to the ninth hour. And it was at that moment of darkness, that Jesus said, God has forsaken him. So that hour of darkness was the time where the spirit of Jesus left God the Father. There was a separation. God left God because of you. God walked away from God. Remember? God said to God, God, God came out of God and God said to God you go God came into the womb of Mary and God came out of the womb of Mary as man and God walked on earth as man while God was with God 
And while God was with God, walking on earth as man, God in man became seen. And God left God. That separation happened in the space of three hours. God saw God turning into sin. And it took three hours and the entire universe shut down. Because God was becoming sin and identification with man. And after that separation on the cross, the spirit of Jesus, which is now seen, left his body. The body died. Okay? But at that same instance, the spirit of Jesus went to hell. Where man in sin was qualified to stay forever. Jesus went there. And his body was taken from the cross and buried in the tomb. So the body was not with the spirit. The spirit was in hell while the body was in the tomb. And the father and the spirit of Jesus were no more together. All Jesus was left with was the spoken word. What was spoken concerning him. And Jesus had faith that those words cannot fail. Because he knows the content of those words. So that's why he could tell Pilate, you don't have any power except to be given to you from God. I lay down my life and I know how to raise my life up. And that's why he could separate from God without fear and without worry. Because he had faith that those words on the third day will raise him up. And on the third day, while Jesus was in hell, he began to speak the word. Thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, nor suffer thy holy one see corruption. Thou shalt not leave thy soul in hell. And the moment he began to speak those words, on the third day, on the third day, those words entered his body and quickened his spirit. And Jesus came out of that grave in the power of the word, entered his body in the tomb. As soon as he entered, the body came alive. Walked out of that tomb and took with him men from paradise. And all of them rose from the dead triumphantly. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. He rose from the dead on the third day and he walked among men. He showed himself to his disciples. He went around showing himself so that they know that this is not a spirit. This is still Jesus in human flesh. And they said it's a spirit. He said no I'm not a spirit. Handle me. A spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me have. He folded his leg. It folded. He was not a jelly. He bent his waist. It responded. He moved his neck. It responded. He said touch me. I'm, 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 I'm Jesus. This is same Jesus. And the Bible says they said no you're not. He said to them okay do you have food? They went and brought boiled fish. They didn't give him puff puff. They went and looked for fish that is boiled. They gave him, he sat down with the glorified body and ate fish. No word of God shall be void of power. God's word is self-fulfilling. God's word is self-confirming. God's word is self-guaranteeing. When God speaks it, you can go and sleep. The power to make it happen is contained within the confines of that word. I feel like I'm talking to somebody here. That is how Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. I will get into that. He was raised from the dead by the Spirit of God. 
The spirit of God in the word spoken by the prophets. You didn't hear that. The spirit of God in the words spoken by the prophets. When Jesus took those same words spoken by the prophets, that same spirit of those words were in the words in Jesus' mouth. That's how God raised him from the dead. That's how God raised him from the dead. On the third day. Don't forget, like I said before, I want to repeat something I said because that will help a lot of you. The Holy Ghost is not an agency outside the world. Don't ever miss that. The Holy Ghost is not an agency outside the world. So you don't need to be worshipping the Holy Spirit specially. Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. No. You are acting against the scriptures. Jesus said he shall not speak of himself. It's not the focus. Jesus said, he shall glorify me. He shall take that which is mine. He will not show himself to you. He will show me to you. So when you take your eyes from Jesus and put on the Holy Ghost, you're contradicting God's word. The Holy Ghost is not an agency outside the world. He is not an after the word agency. Uh-uh. The Holy Ghost is in the word. Because it's the Holy Ghost that inspired the word. Don't forget, holy men spake as what? They were moved by who? The Holy Ghost. Somebody said to me, you know why I don't like Dr. Damina? One guy like that. Somebody that was trying to teach Bible. He didn't even understand the one I was trying to teach him. He starts fighting me. I have many enemies, so just be praying for me. He, 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 he doesn't even know anything. He doesn't know anything. No, I'm not joking. Nothing. John 3, 16, can't explain it. I'm still trying to teach him fundamentals. He said, you know why I don't like Dr. Damina? He's telling somebody else. And the person said, why? And he couldn't say that to me. Remember when he was before me? Yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. Yes, Papa. As if he would fall on the ground. And I was being loving him loving to him. Try to show him things that will help him. And he couldn't say his displeasure to me. When I left he now went, he was telling some pastors and he didn't know those pastors are my students. They have been learning me in private. I don't like Dr. Damina. Why? Dr. Damina say you cannot pray to the Holy Ghost. That you cannot pray to the Holy Ghost. You cannot wake up and say, good morning Holy Spirit. Oh Holy Spirit. Oh, oh Holy Spirit. If you need a wife, go and marry. Just go and marry and be doing all those things to your wife. Or if you need a husband, quickly get one. If you don't know how to come, we'll teach you how to grab a brother and marry him. Leave that thing. The Holy Spirit doesn't need those things. He's not the focus. He is here to glorify Jesus. He is here to reveal Jesus. So every time you say Holy Spirit, what he does is he tells you Jesus. Holy Spirit, Jesus. Because that's where you should, your eyes should be there. There's no competition in the Godhead. Every time you say Holy Ghost, he says Jesus. All of us, our focus is on Christ. How many of you remember God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every. The name of Jesus is above the name God. The name Jesus is above the name G-O-D. Is above every name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. 
So all of deity is identified by the name Jesus. Am I teaching here? There's no competition in the Godhead. The more of Jesus you know, the more of the Holy Spirit you know. Because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Am I teaching this morning? Yeah. He said, he shall glorify me. He shall not speak of himself. What he shall hear is what he will speak to you. He shall glorify me. He will take that which is mine. And he will show it to you. So the revelation is the revelation of who? Revelation of Christ. It's the revelation of Jesus. So the guy said, Dr. Damina said, we we should not do anything with the Holy Spirit. Me. Amy. Amy like this. I never said you shouldn't do anything with the Holy Spirit. That's like saying don't do anything with God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. Are we in the building? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is God. But the scriptures never taught us to spend quality time worshipping the Holy Spirit. The scripture says every, every angel and everybody worships the Son. The Son. Christ. All of heaven is Christ focused. It pleased God that in him should all fullness dwell. Worshipping Christ is worshipping the Holy Ghost. Worshipping Christ is worshipping the Father. Are we in the building here? Because no man can come to the Father except by Christ. So all focus is where? On Christ. All focus is on Christ. All focus is on Christ. So please listen carefully. Don't miss this point. Christ was raised from the dead and that spirit of God that raised him from the dead now dwells in you. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Do you know what that implication is? What it implies is that you don't need to pray to be raptured. Nobody prayed for Jesus to rise from the dead. The word of God by the spirit of God raised him from the dead. You too, that same spirit dwells in you. And that same spirit will quicken you on the day of rapture. Is it clear here? Yeah, it's not a prayer point. It's your reality in Christ. You are sealed by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in you. So that same spirit will quicken your body. That same spirit. The spirit of God. Glory to God. The spirit of God will quicken you on the day of resurrection. So when Jesus rose from spiritual death, he entered the body and then the body automatically came alive. Because when we come into Christ, the spirit of man and the spirit of God are, are infused. The spirit of man and the spirit of God are infused into the spirit of Christ. God and man meets in Christ. God and man, they meet in Christ. The spirit of God, the spirit of man are infused into the spirit of Christ. So Christ amalgamates man and God. Christ unites 
man and God. The point of unification between mortality and immortality is Christ. God took on humanity. Immortality took on mortality. God and man in Christ. God was in Christ. If any man be in Christ. So God and man met in Christ. So the spirit of God and the spirit of man is infused into the spirit of Christ. So he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. Please stay with me. So now, please pay attention. So, when we hear that Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Pay attention. By the glory of the Father. That word glory of the Father is explained as the glory of Christ. The glory of Christ. John 17, 5. John 17, verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee, with the glory which I had with thee. Before the world was. Glory before the world begun. That which God spoke ahead of time. The glory is that which God spoke ahead of time. Look at that same John 17, 22. Please pay attention. John 17, 22. And the glory. Hallelujah. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, you are the Lord, that is your name. You will never share your glory with any man. You will never share your glory with anybody. Almighty God, that is your name. You think by singing that you're giving God glory, you are robbing God of his glory. Put that scripture again. Woo, I love this. And the glory, hallelujah, which thou gavest me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. Today we are the custodians of God's glory. Woo! Woo! Glory! 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 We are the custodians of God's glory. Christ in you. Where are the containers of God's glory here? <laughs> Woo, I tell you. I feel like running around this building. And the glory that thou gavest me, I have given them. That they may be one. Even as you and I are one. God and man met where? In Christ. Now, I said that to say what I'm about to say. <clears throat> that unity with God is the glory of the Father. Our unity, our union with God. So Jesus was raised from the dead on that basis. Don't think that God just moved into the scene. I have to do something. I have to do something. My son has been in the grave. I have to do something. No. Brother Paul explained it better. Acts 13.32. 
Pay attention. Acts chapter 13, verse number 32. <clears throat> Acts 13, 32. And we declare unto you glad tidings. How that the promise which was made unto the fathers. Unto who? The fathers. Next verse. Woo. God had fulfilled the same. How? Unto us their children. How? In that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. This day. This day. Which day? Resurrection. This day, the day of resurrection, have I begotten thee. The day of resurrection have I begotten thee. Now, words. Somebody shout words. Can I shout it very loud? Words. Words that were spoken. So the word of God does not lack power. When God said it, it will happen. Once God says it, it will happen. Please pay attention. Today a man will have to receive the word that God said. And it just comes to pass the same way. Just receive it. Once you receive it, it comes to pass. He is raised from spiritual death to spiritual life. And that's what we call born again. Listen, Jesus was the first to be born again. What is born again? Resurrection. From spiritual death to spiritual life. When Jesus rose from death to life spiritually, he was born again. That's why it's called the first begotten. So today when a man rises from spiritual death to spiritual life by the power of the gospel spoken, that man is born again. Because that's how Jesus was born again. It's called the vitality of salvation. Which came from the legality of salvation. What made salvation legal was the price Jesus paid. What makes it vital is the part you have in it. Are we in the building here? Yeah. The legality and the vitality of salvation. The legality and the vitality of salvation. He is raised from spiritual death to spiritual life. Because that's exactly what happened to Jesus. That's exactly what happened to Jesus. When he came from spiritual death to spiritual life, he was born again. When he was born in the womb of Mary, it was incarnation, incarnation. When he came out of spiritual death, that's the new creation. Resurrection from spiritual death to life is the new creation. Birth from the womb of Mary, incarnation. So that is why we are not born like Jesus was born from the womb of Mary. Because that will be incarnation. Incarnation is just one person. We are born from the dead to life. We were dead in sins. The gospel came. We believe and the power that raised Christ from the dead raised us from spiritual death to spiritual life. That's what it means to be born again. Raised from death to life. So born again is not just a cliche for Christians. Born again is the reality that happens to a man who received the gospel. He is raised from spiritual death to life. He is raised from spiritual death to life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Colossians 1.18 calls Jesus the first begotten from the dead. 
Romans 8.29 calls Jesus the firstborn among many brethren. In Hebrews chapter 1, this day have I begotten thee. It was thousands of years before Jesus died that that word did not lack power. It was spoken from Genesis to Malachi. Eons before Jesus came. Yet that word contained, reserved, maintained that power. The very word of faith that we preach. How was Jesus raised from the dead? By the word of faith that we preach. The same word of faith that we preach is the same word of faith that Jesus spoke and rose from the dead. The same word of faith. So you must have faith in the gospel that when you preach it, it will take a sinner from a sinner to a saint. You must believe in the word of the gospel that when we preach it, it will take anyone condemned by sin and hell to become a son of God. Look at the power of God. Look at what the power of God does. A celebrated prostitute whose body has been battered by prostitution. Give her the gospel. The gospel rejuvenates her transfers her from darkness to light. And now she stands like a woman that has never slept with any man since she was born. She stands before God as pure as Jesus. That's the power of the gospel. It takes a man whose body has been battered by drugs, battered by cocaine, battered by heroin, battered by drugs. His body is spoiled. You look at him, you don't want to have anything to do with him. Yet when the gospel is pumped into him, it takes him from a battered soul and puts him together as a brand new man that never existed before. It brings out a new creation out of rubbles. It brings out a new man out of an, an abandoned, forsaken, hopeless, helpless, useless person. The gospel makes him useful to himself, to God, and to humanity. That's the power of his resurrection. No man is hopeless except the gospel has not reached him. No woman is hopeless except the gospel has not reached her. No matter how battered a man, preach the gospel. It's the power of God. The gospel does not have power. The gospel does not have power. The gospel is the power. So preaching the gospel is preaching what? Power. It's the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes. To everyone that believes. Stay with me. To everyone that believes. Sakalabada. Motakeda. Babele Deba. Lebato Mengelea. Jesus aligned with those words and said it. And those words came forth with power. If those words brought him into the womb of Mary. Those words made him grow. Those words got him anointed. Those words made him overcome every temptation. Those words resisted the devil. Those words got him on the cross. Those words got him out of hell. Those words had been spoken. That's how we too are raised from the dead by the spirit of God. Not that the Holy Ghost went there and brought him out. No. God raised him up. How did he come out? He came out by himself. That's why you and I today, we get saved by the same word of truth. It is preached, you believe it, you confess it by yourself, and you come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Satan can do nothing about a man. Nothing whatsoever. Come, come, come. Let me use it for illustration. Come and stand here. Let's say this man is in the kingdom of darkness. 
And Satan has him bound. Satan has him chained. Satan has him tied down. He's a servant of Satan. Satan lives inside him. Satan lives inside him. Satan has built his throne inside him. Satan occupies him and he's surrounded by demons who will not allow him to walk away free. He has become Satan's headquarters. Satan has possessed him. Spirit, soul, and body. You come with the word of faith. You come with the power of the gospel. And you begin to speak. And he listens. And you speak. And he understands. The moment he understands, you don't need to be helping him. The moment he understands what you say, in his heart he believes it. By himself he opens his mouth. Jesus is Lord. When he says that, everything satanic collapses. It's totally, Satan is flushed out. And a brand new man emerges out of the rubbles. A man that never existed before. And at that same instance, he can turn and tell Satan, Hey, come here. Bow down now. Out. Satan will obey the same person. That same. He doesn't need to go to spiritual authority training. The moment he becomes a brand new man, he is a master over Satan. Instanter. Instanter. He can commandeer the demons and all the devils of hell out of this entire environment and they will obey. That's what the power of salvation does. When people say that after you're born again, you can see go for deliverance. They don't know what it means. They don't know it. They don't know born again. Do they know it? How can they know it and be talking like that? Do they know what it means to be born again? In fact, some of them are not born again. They are just rebranded. If you know what born again is, you won't say a man that is born again should go for deliverance. What is deliverance? What is deliverance? Deliverance is that Satan packed sin, Satan, demons. They packed out. Jesus came in. The heavenly Jerusalem you become. You become Zion. You become the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are bought with a price. Your body, your soul, and your spirit are paid for. And Jesus has entered and taken residence. Light is all over. Your whole body is a ball of light. Then you now say the man should go for deliverance from what? From Christ? They don't know what born again is. How can a man know what born again is and be talking so gibberish? They don't know it. Somebody said, but the Bible says that God will deliver us. God will deliver. That we pray for men of God to be delivered. That deliver is different from this deliverance. After you are saved, the only, the only deliver that God delivers you is from men. The schemes of men. The wicked intentions of men. The strategies of men. That's the one God delivers you and will continue to deliver you from. But from demons, you've been delivered. Satan has no rule over you anymore. You are free from evil spirits. You are now their master. Somebody say, what if after I am born again, I have bad dreams? Take your brain and bring it. Let's wash it. Those dreams are coming from stored files that needs to be erased by the teaching of the world. Am I teaching here? It's not a spiritual problem. It's a mental knowledge problem. When you, there's a level you will get to in the word of God, you won't even dream again. I can't remember the last time I dreamt. 
What am I dreaming what now? This place is all wordified. What did I say? Wordified. No space. No accommodation. No idle files. No abandoned space. Everywhere is fully occupied and utilized. And if it's possible, if your own is not engaged, I can borrow it. Because there's enough to store. Let the word of Christ dwell in you how? Richly. You're full of it. Where will the dreams come from? My people are destroyed. That's where the problem is. It's not that the man is demonic. No, the devil is afraid of you. From the moment you're born again, you are Satan's master. You are his master. And if you follow the teaching, you will know that Satan is really not a prayer point. If you follow what I taught in the last three, four days, when, when we undress Satan, he's nothing. Satan is only effective to the degree of the intelligence of the person he possesses. If the unbeliever Satan is inside is a dummy, the devil in him is a dummy. Satan is a dummy. His intelligence is in the body of the person that he possesses. How intelligent the person is will be how intelligent Satan's schemes will be. He has no knowledge. He only uses people's knowledge against them. Are we teaching? Bless your heart, brother. You are a ball of light. When you walk, imagine light walking. Because that's what you are. You are the light of the world. You are a ball of light. The light of God all over you. Glory to God. Say with me, I am the light of the world. Say with me, I am free. I stand in the liberty that I have in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Give me a few more minutes. I will soon let you go. This kind of service is difficult to close. Glory to God. I say glory to God. You look at the scriptures every time. Because that is how Jesus was raised from the dead. Paul said, and if Christ was not raised from the dead, our faith is vain. We are still in our sin. So our identification is the resurrection. First Corinthians 15, 14 and 17. You can read when you get home. So when he was born by Mary, he was the incarnate son of God. When he raised from the dead, he, from, from spiritual death, he was the new creation. The new creation is the Lord raised from the dead. Who came not from God, came from spiritual death. The new creation did not come from God. He came from spiritual death. The new creation came from hell. And that's how you are the son of God today. On a legitimate basis. By speaking the word of Christ. So anywhere a man is today who says Jesus Christ save me. He is saved because those are the same words Jesus spoke about himself and he rose from spiritual death. Same words. Legitimate. It's not magic. He spoke the same words concerning himself. That man is saved by identification because he believes. Jesus did not believe. He spoke of himself. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I am saved. He said the word is thee in your heart and in your mouth. How do I know I am saved? Because God raised Jesus from the dead 
by the same word of faith that I believe and I have spoken. Same word. If you are born again by the word of faith and Jesus is the first begotten, there's an order set. You are born again by the same word of faith. Where does the Holy Ghost come in? He spoke through the prophets. He spoke through the prophets. And no word of God is void of power. When he appeared on earth in the womb of Mary, it didn't just happen in time. Remember, the last prophet spoke about John. John had to be the last one. And John pointed to Jesus. Nothing was coincidental. Jesus began to fulfill what had been said by the word of God. That's why when we call him the word of God, is a title John gave him. The word of God. John could center everything on him. He is called the word of God. This is he of whom it was spoken. So when Jesus came, he spoke concerning himself. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the resurrection. I am the life. He spoke concerning himself. What the prophet spoke concerning him. Today, we believe what he said, we are saved. He didn't need to believe it because he was it. He didn't need to believe it because he was it. He only spoke it. We hear it. We believe it. We speak it. And we come into union with him. We come into union with him. Because Jesus was the scripture speaking of himself. He was the scripture speaking of himself. When he went to hell, he was made seen according to the scriptures. It didn't just happen. He died on the tree according to the scriptures. When he said it is fulfilled, the scriptures were fulfilled. When he went to hell, it was fulfilled. Today, he is the advocate general for every one of us. The scriptures are fulfilled. If you see Jesus today, he is still speaking the same scriptures. If you see him now, it is the same scriptures he is speaking. There's nothing he is saying outside the scriptures. So if you see Jesus now, what you are hearing me say is what you will hear him say. Same scriptures. He is the word who became flesh. He is the embodiment of the prophecies of the prophets in physical manifestation. And I have news for you. He lives in you. He lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. All the Old Testament saints spoke about him. And today, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 has a close. Blessed. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Hey, who being the brightness of his glory. And the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins. What did he do? Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He purged our sins and sat inside us by his spirit. Today, we are the house, the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the house, the residence of the Father. Jesus and the Father and the Spirit dwell in us today by the Holy Ghost. I and my Father will come into you and make our abode in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. Stand on your feet and celebrate that. He lives in you. Celebrate that reality this morning. He lives in you. Celebrate that reality this morning. He lives in you. Glory. He lives in you. Christ in you. The hope 
of glory. Hallelujah. Bless this morning. And Father, we rejoice and celebrate the word. We celebrate the word spoken by the prophets in the scripture concerning us. We are that generation that will serve you in spirit and in truth. And we are that generation that will make the world know the truth of the gospel. We are that generation that will demonstrate and manifest the glory of God in the face of Jesus. We are that generation that will walk in power, in authority, and manifest all that Christ has made available to us in his resurrection. We are beneficiaries of all the work of Christ. And we rejoice that this morning, this reality is dawning on us. I pray for everybody, the eyes of your understanding continually is being enlightened. And I decree that everything that is yours in Christ, you enjoy the fullness of it. You are not denied. You are not denied. You are not restricted. You walk in the power of God's word. In the name of Jesus. And we rebuke sickness, disease, and infirmity out in the name of Jesus. Sick bodies be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. And thank you, Father, for grace and mercy. And thank you for the opportunity to learn and to be equipped. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Can we celebrate our reality in Christ with a shout? You want to scream? You want to jump? Just go ahead and celebrate. Glory! 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 Amen. Now listen to me. <clears throat> We continue this in the next service and in the next service I'll have Mr. Michael Bush joining me for the interactive session. But just before we close this particular service, I'd like to take up the offerings. Every time we come before the word of God, we come humbly, we come respectfully and we come with honor. We come honorably. Our offerings are an honor, are an honor of what Christ has done, an honor of our collective responsibility to get the gospel of Christ to the nations of the earth. Every time you give to this ministry, you make it easy for us to get the gospel to people who are in need of the gospel. Your money goes a long way to enable us to do all that we do to make sure you keep getting the word and not just you alone, but other people around the nations of the world keep getting the word. So every time you give, I want you to see your money as a missionary. I want you to see your money as a missionary you're sending into the field to bring the gospel, the good tidings to people in need. Every time you give, I want you to see your money as an investment, an investment, an eternal investment into God's system of soul winning that can never fail. Every time you give, I want you to see that your money and when you're giving that money, look at that money as an investment you're making into the portals of eternity that will bring men to light, that will you know, build up men, raise disciples, that will equip ministers of the gospel. That will edify the body of Christ all over the world. Every time you give. If you've been following the broadcast. You hear where the kind of nations where the calls are coming from. Where the emails are coming from. I, have, I am yet to hear any continent of this world where calls have not come from. There's no continent. We're actually effectively reaching people in the entire blue marble planet. It takes money to get that going. Some are watching by Kingdom Life Network. Some are listening on radio. Some are watching on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all the various platforms. People are listening, you know, from different, you know, different avenues around the world. And it's your money. All of you who partner with this ministry, who give to this ministry, who sacrifice, it's your money that is the missionary driving this, this great commission out there. And it should gladden your heart. It should make you happy. Because that brings fulfillment when I know that my money is making an impact of eternal value on people's lives. 
when you know that your money is not just used to take something that you go to toilet and throw out, but it's making an eternal investment in people's eternities. It should make you happy. And every time we give, that is the joy we have in giving. That is our contentment in giving. And that is our reward in giving. That the purpose for that giving is being achieved. Are we together in the building? And those of you online and everybody else on television and all of you in our house centers and campuses, I want to thank everybody that has tirelessly given to this ministry to enable us to do what we do for the kingdom all over the nations of the earth. You must remember, we still have a huge assignment because there is an entire community of people yet to be enriched with the truth of this gospel. Many of them are bound by religion. So we have a huge assignment ahead of us. The more monies we get, the more we can break into those communities and push the gospel in there. And I'm so glad because these are the best days to be alive, to see the glory of God filling the earth as the water covers the sea. Everybody giving this morning, I want to thank you. Grab your offerings, your kingdom investment, your partnership, whatever you're giving to this ministry. I'm going to pray just one prayer for all of it. And I want to thank everybody who is a part of this. Let me also announce next Sunday is our partnership Sunday. Next Sunday is the 2nd of August, right? It's our partnership Sunday. And uh, we're looking forward to having an explosive time as partners and everybody supports this ministry to enable us to do much more in the months to come. Thank you once again. Lift up your offerings. And if you're watching, this is your first time, you know, and your location does not have any account scrolling on the screens, if you shoot an email today to Dr. Abel Damina, we will send you an account that will be relevant for your location. But please indicate where you're emailing us from. Thank you, and thank you for giving. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everybody giving in this house, online, on television, all those that are giving by way of radio, all those in our house centers and campuses all over the world. We give in faith, we give with joy, we give with honor, and we give intentionally and deliberately understanding what our money is doing in the advancement of God's purpose. And we rejoice for the privilege to add value to eternal purposes in men's lives all over the world. Thank you, Father, that you're not unrighteous to forget our labor of love. I pray for everybody giving this morning. I decree that your offering is a sweet smell and every need of yours is met supernaturally. I decree that this week you have ideas, concepts, insights, opportunities, relationships. In the name of Jesus, you make money. In the name of Jesus, your steps are ordered by the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I decree that your desires find expression. Father, we give you praise for the blessing upon this household of faith. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says an amen like thunder. Glory to God. Hey guys, online, we love you guys on television. I'll be joining you live again at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. Please get more people because we are still going to stay on this legality and vitality of salvation. And I'm going to move into some territories that you'll be glad you were a part of listening to. But we love you guys. Always a joy to serve you the grace of God. And all our house centers, we live in the able hands of house, house coordinators. And all our campuses in the hands of our coordinators in the various nations of the world. And everybody else will see you at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service. message. For these other messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. 
Jesus is the exclusive custodian. Jesus is the sole carrier. Jesus is the perfect imprint, the pleroma, the corporate headquarters of the Godhead. Jesus is the executive carrier of the Father. So if you don't know Jesus, you don't know the Father. You can never know the Father outside of God. Church in the air and church online. Join Drs. Abel and Rachel Damien as he brings you sound Bible study through the month of July at 30 Days of Glory 2020. Exegetically examining the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Salvation in Christ. Date from 5th of July to 2nd of August 2020. Time 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. from Mondays to Saturdays, 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sundays. Book up live on our Facebook and YouTube page and also live on Kingdom Life Network TV on my TV or Strong Decoder and live on Comfort FM Uyo by 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Mondays to Saturdays and 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Sunday. Also listen to a rebroadcast of the services daily on XLFM 106.9 Uyo. 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. daily and live on Inspiration FM 105.9 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily. Be a part of this program. Don't miss it.